Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope your Sunday is going well and that you are getting ready for your week. And I'm so glad that you are listening to the show and that you are taking advantage of just having information and time spent on really being the best version of you, to really be your own best version. And so we are talking about Relationship 101, and we did last week talked a lot about expectations, and we're going to talk a little bit more about expectations, and then we're also going to talk about respecting gender and temperament and how this helps in all our relationships. So this is not just romantic relationship. This is with your children, your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, your boss, even yourself. So this is really, this is very important. And I love um, this quote by Dr. Seuss. He says, sometimes the questions are complicated and the answers are simple. So hopefully this is going to simplify things. That's what we're trying to do because relationships, although very complex, we don't want them super complicated. So we would much rather have relationships that are working. And so in, even if you look, about, look at your car, your car is a very complex machine, but pretty much if you do the basic things, it's pretty simple to take care of. It gets very complicated when you don't take care of your car. So think about that as in relationships. That there are some things that we can do just to care for the relationship that are very simple and help to not complicate an otherwise very complex relationship. So we started with this appropriate expectations for others and on ourselves. And these, these are really important arenas to be working on. And these are really important just all the way across the board, even if it's with strangers, having appropriate expectations. So what I would say to you is, if you have no expectations, I mean, I'm sure you've heard that saying, you know, no expectations, no disappointments. Well, actually, that just means if I have no expectations, I continuously become disappointed. So what we want is that appropriate expectations help us to really bring the best out in somebody and to make sure that we are working on bringing the best out of ourselves. So when you think about relationships, you want to think about the analogy of a house, that they really are truly like a home that we are wanting to live in. And I, I want to ask you about your primary relationships. Do you like living in them? Is it comfortable? Does it feel safe? Is it secure? Does it reflect your style? See, that's what relationships are in in a more abstract way. And so if you lived in a house with no walls, there'd be no protection from all the elements, from from all kinds of things. So we want to make sure that our house, our relational home, is truly safe and a home and something that really is a shelter versus a jail, right? I don't want you to re- your relationship to feel like you're jailed. 
and incarcerated for something that you didn't do. So this is really important as we look at how do we have appropriate expectations? And one of the things we talked about last week was the love chapter. And, you know, it it seems kind of insurmountable to me, especially if my husband would be expecting this on a consistent basis. Now, thankfully, he realizes that this is truly my intent, that I want to love him well, and that, you know, I use the love chapter as a standard, and I do apologize and take responsibility for missing the mark. And if I do those things, we do pretty well in our relationship. So if I were to make the complex simple, this is what I would say to you. The things that you should expect from very intimate relationships, such as best friends, lovers, partners, spouses, would be the ability to keep a confidence. And this is where we started last week. We talked about the ability to keep a confidence, the commitment to not judge the person, trust that process with God, that we simply judge behaviors and, and the way that someone is interacting as to whether or not it's positive or negative. But we don't judge the person's heart. We're not, we're not God. We don't know what they're working on and how hard they're working. So we want to be really careful about that. We also have an expectation of decency and politeness because this indicates respect for humans. When I treat them decently and respectfully, even if I don't agree, Even if I'm having really negative feelings, even if I've really gotten my feelings hurt or been very let down, I can still override the emotions to maybe really hurt somebody because I'm so upset. I can override those emotions and still treat someone very respectfully and decently, even if they've highly offended me. See, I have control over me if I choose to take it. And that's one of the things that we have to think about, that as grown adults... We are not depending on the people in our life to bring out good behavior in us. That's our job. We're parenting ourselves, And we're making sure that we show up as a grown-up. And if everybody else is not acting as a grown-up, I'm still a grown-up. I'm not going to go to that level. I'm not going to give myself an excuse for bad behavior. I'm going to really honor myself, honor God, and honor the other, even if they maybe don't deserve it. So we want to have appropriate expectations on ourselves, and that we don't expect others to read our mind. You know, we, we're going to work on picking up on subtle cues, but we're not going to be highly reactionary. We're not going to be noticing every single thing. Maybe we'll overlook some things that mm, maybe were a slight, maybe were inappropriate, maybe didn't work well, and just kind of move past it. It's kind of like driving down the road in your car and you hit a pothole. Well, you don't stop. You just keep driving. And so you want to really be careful about having those appropriate expectations on people and and being able to move past them if they let you down. So you want to expect to have hard times, confusing times, times of doubt. But you're not depending on that other person for your peace or your ultimate security. That would be making them a god. And so we're not little children. We want to make sure that, that we are depending on God and then ourselves, and then maybe others if they're so inclined. But we have to make sure that if we do depend on someone and they let us down, that we have an appropriate expectation as to how they're going to fix it, how we need it to be fixed, how we're going to respond and react to it, 
so that we don't have that letdown become a complete emotional and relational breakdown. So we major in the majors. We don't major in the minors. I mean, I'm, I'm glad <laughs> that God is so good about majoring in the majors with me and the minors. A lot of the minors, he just goes, yeah, we're working on that. And he kind of works past it and over it. So we want to be aware, obviously, of legalism. That, you know, we're thinking more about justice versus what's legal, what's moral. We're, we're not God, and we're not someone's accountability partner unless they're, you know, signed up for that and asked us to do it. So we want to make sure that we're really being very aware if we get legalistic, where we decide that my preferences, my wants, my likes, my dislikes, they now are the law. And if you don't obey that law, you're going to pay. Well, that would be some legalism, that we're judging people based on what makes us comfortable and what we're happy about. And we're not, we're not God. So remind yourself that you don't like being judged either. So you don't want to judge the other. You want to really give them the benefit of the doubt. And what I say to, to clients regularly is I say, you know, people in my life that I have chosen to have in my life, I give them the benefit of the doubt all the time. It doesn't mean I just always give them a pass on bad behavior. But if I can't give them the benefit of the doubt, why would I risk relationship with someone that I can't believe is probably doing the best they can? If I can't believe that the people in my life that I choose to have are, if I believe they're against me, they're not loving me, that they're selfish, that they're not trying, that they're not a Christian even, right? Those aren't for me to really discern and decide. I can decide whether or not I'm going to be in relationship with them based on my experience of that person. But it's not okay for me to judge all the intent and the heart of a person. So if I'm not comfortable with them and I've tried doing relationship and I've extended myself and I've forgiven and I've overcome and I got over stuff and I seem to have to do it regularly, then I might say to myself, you know, maybe this person isn't for me. Maybe the, the amount of work to try to work around that person is probably not in our best interest. And that's, that's okay to do. It's okay to say, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be in relationship with this person. That's one of the rights that we have as humans. We don't have to be in relationship with everybody. So let's think about this. An appropriate expectation is attempts at honesty. Now, why would I put the word attempt before that? <laughs> well, I want you to think about that. I want you to ask yourself, are you completely honest with yourself are you completely honest with God? Are you completely honest with other people? So this doesn't mean that we accept blatant, malicious deception. This doesn't mean that we are with people that, that have poor moral standards and, and are not ethical in the way they deal with life. But it, it, it does mean that we recognize that, you know, honesty is hard. Honesty is scary. It's difficult. It's a great quality if it's done correctly. But I'm very thankful that God isn't honest with me all the time about myself. I don't know if I could tolerate it. I don't know if I could take it. I might not get out of bed in the morning if I knew everything about me that needed to change. So this is where we want, wow, we want to expect that there's a certain level of honesty in our relationship and that the healthier that we get, 
the more self-control we have, the more maturity we have as adults, the more honesty our relationship can tolerate and will be strengthened by. So please hear me. I am not giving an excuse to lie, <laughs> to deceive, to withhold important information. What I'm saying is that making the relationship a safe enough place to be honest is the goal because humans always feel better when they're honest. And we always enjoy ourselves and others much better when there's honesty. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about appropriate expectations and how to help the other be the best they can be. Welcome back. You are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you are just tuning in, we are talking about Relationship 101. And we started this last week, so you can always go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And we now have the ability to download the show right off the website so that you can listen to it on whatever device you choose. You can also send it to your friends and forward it to them. So I appreciate it when you do that. But we are talking about Relationship 101 and what that means. This is the bedrock, the foundational part of relationship. So when we put these elements and these concepts into our relationship, we can weather the storms of life, relational storms, so much better. It's similar to that parable of building your house on the rock or building your house on the sand. And so many of us, and and I talk to clients about this very frequently, really build relationships from the top down. Uh, Have you ever noticed that, that people have sex the first time they're together and then they start trying to work on whether or not they even like the person, whether they have the same, I don't know, ethics, same values, similar goals, whatever it may be, that we have a tendency to build the roof first and then try to build the house underneath it. So this whole concept of this show is starting at the bottom and however deep you want your relationship to be needs a deeper foundation and and I tell this to clients frequently I say you know imagine if a if the World Trade Center right one of the reasons that 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 we managed as well as we did is because of the foundation and the way that building was built and this is really important when you think about storms of life that if I have a lot and I'm top-heavy in my relationship and I have no foundation that we agree on, we don't have similar values, maybe we don't, we're not similar in an economic bracket, we're not similar in education, we're not similar in intelligence, maybe we don't even have the same likes, maybe we're just only attracted to one another. Well, that can be nice for a very short period of time, but when you start to try to be friends it's going to fail because you need to have some of these commonalities in order to have a friendship that supports the absolute romantic part of the relationship. So expecting to help others be the best they can be, that's part of your side of the relationship that I know that people I'm in relationship with are affected by me. And so there's an expectation from God on me 
to make sure I'm helping them be the best they can be. I'm not making it harder for them to be a good person. I'm making it easier. And this is done through love and acceptance all the time. I accept and accept and remember that this famous saying that God gave me, acceptance does not mean agreement. I accept a lot of things in all of my relationships, and sometimes I don't agree with everything that I'm accepting. But I'm very thankful that God accepts everything about me, even though he doesn't agree maybe with a whole lot. So this is important that we practice love and acceptance. Now, if we have a huge division in our value system, then I can maybe accept the fact that they do things that are morally not healthy for me to do, but I may not be able to have deep intimacy with them because we have to have the same value system in order to have true intimacy. doesn't mean it has to be exact, but we have to have some pretty major agreements on major issues of values. So why do you think people come to see a therapist? Well, they want someone that won't judge them. They want someone that is going to accept them. And they also expect the relationship with a therapist to actually change them. So I give them time. I have patience and I have appropriate expectations as I am helping them to be the best that they could be. And I show up trying to be the best I can be in any place I go because I believe that the human race deserves that. We're not little children. So what we expect of three-year-olds in an airplane when they're having a meltdown is very different than if we had a 33-year-old having a meltdown and we're all on the plane together. So we want to help people be the best they can be by managing our own life and managing our own struggles so that they don't have to be overly horribly affected by the things that we're working on. And that's what parents many times do for kids. A lot of times as, as you know, adults, you know, as, as kids become adults, many times in my office they'll say to me, I never knew my parents had this struggle. I never knew they were working so hard on such and such or that they had this problem. And so that's part of being an adult is that I am managing my life and hoping that the overflow that I might not be managing isn't damaging to others. And that may mean things like managing my mood, managing my tone of voice, managing my body language, managing my expectations on others. So this next one, let's think about this. The expectation to be challenged and uncomfortable as you examine yourself, your motivations, your control issues, and your woundedness. It's kind of uncomfortable. So I frequently tell my clients, I say, you know, you're the bravest people on the planet. It's hard to come and talk to somebody about you when it's not necessarily always positive and might be really embarrassing. And so I set the environment up to make sure that they understand, you know, certainly what's right and wrong. And at the same time, I'm not going to judge them. I'm going to help them be who they know they can be and who God is expecting them to be. And I'm helping them manage those expectations. And I'm saying to them, you know, God's not expecting that of you. 
Or I'll say, you know, that is an appropriate expectation on you. So expect to be challenged the more intimacy you are trying to have in your relationship. The more you are known, the more you are seen. So expect to be challenged. Expect to be uncomfortable in your relationship sometimes as you have to examine yourself and maybe see some of the the parts of the other that you didn't want to see. You have to examine your own motivations. How controlling are you? How how much do you have self-control? And how much of the woundedness of life are you bringing into your relationship and expecting, inappropriately, obviously, them to fix it all? So expect to apologize a lot. You know, I'm sorry goes a long way. It really does. Now, if I'm saying I'm sorry all the time because I have self-esteem issues and I'm saying I'm sorry for my existence, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a genuine apology for, you know what, I didn't handle that right. Or I should not have done that. Or I was supposed to tell you that. Or you should have known that I was doing that and I've been hiding it. That's an appropriate expectation. So expect to apologize when it's necessary. That's part of having integrity. That's part of being an adult that can handle the truth. So I'm so glad that you're listening today. We're going to start in the next segment with the next expectation, which is expect in relationships to feel like things are one-sided and sometimes unfair. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about Relationship 101 and Appropriate Expectations. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for joining in today. And if you are just tuning in, I want to make sure that you can listen to the show in its entirety on my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can also download the show from my website and put it on any device that you choose to listen, how you want to listen to it. You can also send it to your friends and family. And you can also listen to the previous shows. So we also have so many different um, places you can find us in in all the major popular podcast servers. So you can check it out there. Just look for Conversations with Cynthia on whatever podcast server you use. And we are most likely on that one as well. So we are talking about Relationship 101. These are the foundational bedrock issues that we want to put into the foundation of our relationship while we're building on top of it. Because we want our relationship to be deep and meaningful um, with intimacy, with, with knowledge, with exciting things, the ability to be ourselves, to be loved for who we really are, mistakes and all. Well, in order to do that, we want to make sure that we have a very strong foundation to hold those things. So we, we really left off in the last segment talking about this idea of expect to be challenged and uncomfortable as you examine yourself, your motivations, your control issues, your woundedness, and expect to apologize a lot. And I don't want you to apologize for ridiculous things and constantly say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
I want you to, to forthrightly, as an adult, apologize when you do something wrong. <clears throat> Excuse me, that you know you've done something wrong. And I want you to have certainly the integrity and the strength and the confidence to know that God is not ever asking you to be perfect. And I wouldn't imagine that most of the people in your life are thinking you're perfect either. So it's very important to be able to say the words, I'm sorry. It goes a long way. It go, you would be amazed at how much humans can heal from when they really feel like someone cares about what was done to them. And when you genuinely care that you hurt that person that you're purporting to love, it goes a long way in restoring and strengthening the relationship. So that leaves us with the next one, which is where we kind of left off as well. Expect to feel like things are one-sided and unfair. <laughs> I mean, this is part of the adult life. Sometimes things are one-sided. Sometimes it really is all about that other person. Sometimes it is. And we have to be mature enough and adult enough to allow that and to know that sometimes people just need a lot of attention. Sometimes they do. Thank God that he is able to be in relationships that are pretty one-sided. I don't know how much of his needs we're meeting, right? And very unfair. I mean, we accuse God of all kinds of things that have nothing to do with him. And we, we many times are dishonoring him by what, we, what we're saying he's responsible for. So he expects this from humans, that things are going to kind of be one-sided sometimes and very unfair. And that's just being in relationship. Now, if it's a consistent basis, which is why many people find themselves in my office, is if things are more often than not one-sided and unfair. Well, if that's the case, then we go back to the expectation that you need to be assertive and have a voice. And you need to be able to say these things. It's not fair to yourself, to the other person, to the rest of the world, really. If you're holding in all these offenses and nobody ever knows it, and you just nurse them and think about them and rehash them and go over them. And no one ever has a chance to fix it. And we owe each other this opportunity to fix things. And if we don't know, we can't let ourselves be even more offended with the assumption that they should know it. And this is really important as we are working through wanting that level of intimacy with the people that, that we love and wanting to live at peace with the rest of the world. So this is very important when you think about things may be one-sided and unfair, and we need to tolerate that at different times in the relationship because I'm sure that you can think of times in a relationship with someone that it really was all about you and maybe it was really unfair, the things you were asking and expecting them to do. So we're going to start the next segment with the next expectation to really, this is an appropriate expectation to have in relationship, and that's to pray a lot, a lot for yourself, for the one you love, for the world in general, that that's an appropriate expectation that you pray a lot. So I don't know where you're at with your prayer life. I know that I struggle sometimes with praying. Sometimes I just let myself just think to God. And I know that many times that's considered a prayer. 
that I'm talking to him just as I go through my day. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about Relationship 101. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today. And if you are just tuning in, I want to make sure that you can listen to the show in its entirety. You can go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's spelled exactly how it sounds, C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. You can download the show even from the website as well and, and send it, forward it to your friends. You can also find it on your favorite podcast server. So thank you again for joining me, and we are talking about Relationships 101. These are the foundational bedrock elements that we want to have in our relationship to varying degrees. All the things that I'm talking about today work in every relationship. The more intimacy that you are desiring with a particular person is going to require more of the element that we're talking about. So if I'm with someone, if I'm married, the issue of knowing it's going to sometimes be unfair or one-sided and that I'm going to need to apologize, that may happen more often than it would in the person I see twice a year, right? But either way, I need to be able to really use these skills to varying degrees in every relationship that I have. So I liked this quote by Dr. Seuss. And he said, sometimes the questions are complicated and the answers are simple. So that's what we're doing today. We're simplifying a lot of these things that appear very complicated. And they may be. They are certainly complex, but we have a tendency as humans to complicate the complexities of life. So we left off on this last one, which was expect to pray a lot. And, you know, I'm, I'm always convicted by that. I don't pray to the degree that I know God would desire that I do. I know that I could pray more frequently. I know I could pray out loud with my friends and family more often. And, you know, it just is kind of uncomfortable. I don't know if it is for you, but, you know, I, in all honesty, it is for me. I pray for my clients every time. I like doing that. I like if people ask me to pray for them, I will pray But I'm not always as good at saying, hey, let's just pray. Let's pray about that. And that's something I work on. And so I know that Jesus is always praying for me to the Father. He's always interceding for me to God. That's the relationship I have with Christ. That's an amazingly beautiful thing that I know that Jesus is always praying for me and interceding for me. Well, That would be a quality he would like us to take into our relationships as well. That, wow, if he's praying to the Father on our behalf all the time, why are we not praying for the ones that we love to Christ, to God, on their behalf all the time? Why are we not including them in prayers and praying out loud? I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, there's this part of me that just goes, oh, let's not pray. Do we have to pray? And then as soon as I do... And I pray, and I pray with other people, and I pray out loud, and we pray for a while. We always feel better afterwards. Always. It's always this wonderfully uplifting thing. So I know it's my flesh. It's the fallenness of my soul that goes, ah, I don't really want to do that. Do we have to do that today? So we want to really say, you know what? If at all, if 
all the stuff that I'm talking about today we forget, the one thing I don't want you to forget is to pray. So this next one, an appropriate expectation to have when you are in relationships with humans is to ask for, expect to ask for and give mercy and grace in abundance. Now, I don't know about you, but if I pray more regularly, I seem to have a lot more mercy and grace for people. I'm not so, I'm not so like ticked off so easily. I'm not so offended so quickly. And, and I'm frequently telling clients, you know, you're like a walking piece of Velcro. You snag on everything. See, if I'm praying more often and praying with people, I have a tendency to smooth things down. So I don't snag on everything. Everything doesn't get on, on my nerves and under my skin. So I want you to really be praying a lot in order to give mercy and grace in abundance. I mean, this world is a hard place. And it's kind of really hard right now. We need a lot of grace and mercy. And remind yourself, grace and mercy is free. You can't earn grace and you can't earn mercy. It's given. It's a gift. And it's one of the most beautiful gifts you can give to humans, to mammals, to animals. The gift of mercy. And give them grace. And grace means you have a chance to work this stuff out. You have a chance to correct it. You have a chance to make something wrong right. So if we have lots of mercy and grace, then the next thing, we want to expect to have a lot of empathy and compassion for even the smallest things. See, if I'm practicing mercy and grace, I can have compassion. If I'm not practicing mercy and grace, I get to be more judgmental. I'm like, well, that was stupid. They weren't thinking. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe they just did that. What an idiot, right? Oh, my goodness. This is not the way <laughs> that God wants us to be thinking toward the humans that he loves and died for, right? So expect to have empathy and compassion for the smallest things, things that don't even make sense to you. Because, wow, empathy, sympathy goes a long way with humans. Empathy is so life-giving. It helps people get through so many things when they just think somebody cares. That someone is empathizing with them. They can't fix it. They might not be able to do anything about it, but their heart aches over what you might be going through. It goes a long way. And so it doesn't have to make sense. How they got themselves in the situation doesn't have to make sense to warrant mercy and compassion and empathy. How to get them out doesn't have to make sense to you either. What they need is somebody that cares. So expect, here's this next one, to expand the, your ability to accept and enter into another's reality that may not make sense to you or that you may not approve of. See, you can see how these are kind of building. Expect to pray a lot. Expect to ask for grace and, and, and to expect to ask for and give mercy and grace in abundance. Expect to have empathy and compassion for even the smallest things. And the next level is, as I have empathy and compassion, I'm going to enter into your reality, actually. I'm not just going to be a, a bystander. I'm going to actually get my hands dirty. And I'm, I, I'm going to, ex I need to expand my ability to accept your situation, not judge it, enter into it, 
even if it doesn't make sense to me and even when I disapprove of it. See, disapproval, I, I can disapprove of what something, something someone is doing. I can disapprove of it, but I'm not going to necessarily judge them over it. But most people are going to know my value system. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're going to know the things that I probably am not going to be on board with. That doesn't mean I can't hear about it, care about it, have empathy, right? Enter into their world and understand what the heck's going on with them. Support them in making changes at the rate they can. And not have to figure out how they got themselves always into the situation and why they were so stupid to do it to begin with. What difference does that make at that point? So they, they, obviously they know they messed up. They don't need to be told. So this is really important that I really expand my ability to accept things, not necessarily remember, not necessarily agree, but I accept it. This is the way that it is. This is what they've done. This is where they've gotten themselves. Or I accept myself. I accept the fact that this is what I did. This is where I got myself. Because that's the beginning of getting out of whatever it was. So when you're loving someone with compassion and you're having mercy and empathy, you don't have to make sense of everything that they've done. And you don't have to always make sense of how they feel. You just have to honor it. So expect, this is another one, it's a tough one, expect to find out how much you don't know and how much you are not God. Now I'm going to say that one more time because it sounds kind of harsh, but I think if you listen to it, you'll go, wow, I needed to hear that. So expect to find out how much you really don't know and how much you are not God. And that's an amazing thing to do for people. I mean, think about how kind Jesus is. And I love the verse that says, God is kind. You be kind. Be kind. So don't think you know everything. And don't act as if you know something if you don't. And recognize, you know what? This is really ultimately God's problem. This is God's problem. This is his world. It belongs to him. That doesn't mean that I condone things. See, acceptance doesn't mean agreement. And acceptance does not mean condonement. And how many adults that you know need to be told when they've done something wrong? This is what we do with children. We help them understand right and wrong. How many adults need to be told? See, that's God's job. That's God's job to reveal these things. That doesn't mean that I don't have a responsibility in my relationships with others to tell them how they may be affecting me. Because that may be a boundary issue for me that says, you know what, I can't go there with you. What if it's an addiction? What if somebody is stepping outside of their marriage? You might want to say, you know, I'm not going to judge you for that, but I can't hear about it. Or if I hear about it, what I need to hear from you is how you want to stop doing it. And if you can't do that, then I want to hear from you why you don't feel like you can stop doing it or why you don't want to do it. But ultimately, I can stay in relationship with most people regardless of the sin of their life. Because who am I? Who do I think I am, right? So expect 
to find out how much you don't really know what's going on in people's lives and how hard their life may be and what they're having to go through and what they're trying to overcome. And then remind yourself you're really not God. We can represent him, and I hope I represent him well. And I ask for forgiveness when I don't. But I'm not him, and I'm thankful that I am not God. So the last one, we're going to end today with this. Expect to have fun, expect to grow, and expect to be loved. Expect to help teach the other how to do these things. As adults, I help people understand what's fun for me. And I learn to have fun in ways that are fun for them. I may not, I may find out it's really fun. I might find out that, you know what, it's really not that fun for me, but it's really fun to see you have fun. I need to expect to grow. One of the points of being in relationship with other humans is how much it helps us grow if we're willing to grow and become people of depth, of character, of insight, of honor, honesty, and deep love. So expect that you're probably going to have to help teach people how to do these things. Don't assume it just is known. You're unique, one-time only occurring person. There's nobody else like you. So people have to learn you. Help them learn you. And really practice being the best version of you. And when you're not, Take responsibility for it and apologize so that you help maintain those relationships and that you make it fun to love you, not difficult. Excuse me, I have such allergies today. I'm so sorry. But I want to make sure that you really help people love you and to be able to enjoy you for who you truly are and that you make it as easy as possible. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me, and we will talk next week about respecting gender, temperament, and personality differences as we are loving people well. Have a great week. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.